Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover takes a dive into the fascinating world of educational technology uh, which has offered mixed fortunes to different players in the country. Joining me on the call to talk about it all is Forbes India's Shayan Chakraborty. Hi Shayan, good morning. Hey, hey Abhishek, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And before we start talking about your cover, uh, I think educational technology or ed tech as we call it it has been touted to be the next big thing uh, since 2008 perhaps when uh, educomp and the likes were around uh, kpmg estimates that it will reach 2 billion dollars by uh, next year where do we stand today uh, from your experience of uh, doing the cover uh, and that of your colleagues uh, who are some of the players and uh, how is uh, the industry spread So Abhishek as you rightly pointed out education online education is nothing new or, or let's not call it online education say many efforts have been made to digitize education since the educom days online education hasn't really been a breakout sector ever as was e-commerce at one point in time then came hyper local food delivery ride hailing uh, education never really broke through that way multiple reasons for that education is something that parents are very cagey about still dominated by the brick and mortar guys offline tutorials and things like that the trust factor wasn't there the entry barrier was price also to some extent because when you look at e-commerce maybe somebody is buying grocery online and they can buy grocery offline as well but in education and they buy different products online and offline but in education you end up paying for the same product both online and offline so i guess price was also a barrier and then obviously the infrastructure wasn't there like you know bobby as we mentioned in the story uh, amit once of wis club he he happened to say like when he was doing his first startup purple leap in 2005ish they had to kind of set up their own communication network communication infrastructure around schools and colleges to get going yes in fact even byjus had to set up vsat classrooms where you know during the rains uh, when the satellite would get cloudy students in different colleges who were deemed lectures simultaneously would wait until the clouds would clear just like we do for the dph so yeah things things have indeed changed even today there are a few challenges in that uh, byjus when you subscribe to a course online uh, it's not just online but they also send you an sd card or they did until 2018 so that you know just to tide over the content and the time that it would take uh, and the broadband consumption that you would have to go to but has the business model uh, shion also changed for instance educomp uh, uh, which made tech enabled classrooms and sold digital equipment to schools uh it was actually valued at 1.8 billion dollars once upon a time it filed for bankruptcy in 2017 but but other companies have now started bypassing the schools and reach directly to students the valuations go up only when you have huge user bases b2c always made sense but back in those purple leap or education days there was no way to build a b2c business around education simply because infrastructure wasn't there but when things got going in circa 2013 14 onwards most of the online education companies have targeted consumers directly online infrastructure much better today you have internet on every smartphone that's why b2c makes total sense like you know the major transformation of digitizing education has been this move from b2b to b2c and what 
audience are they catering to for instance there is primary education vocational training and you know the audience is as big as whoever owns a smartphone and is interested to learn or get better in his or her trade and so what was the gamut of your coverage so see the idea of the story was to capture the journey of online education through a few players now as you rightly multiple segments but the most crowded segment is the k12 education because that's aspirational byju's is the big boss there but what has happened of late is a lot of niche players or vertical players have also come into the place for instance doubt not it it has started as a doubt solving app you post your doubt and you get a video solution to it you know i'm assuming and this is very anecdotal uh, a lot of hardships around studying comes around doubt solving it's a very key use a big business can be built out of it if you look at doubtnuts numbers they have great usage there are many businesses around that and and then there is test prep uh, where you know the likes of an academy have done great a great job like they they do about 18 to 20 crore in monthly revenues and then we always also have this reskilling or upskilling segment where the likes of say a simply learn or coursera uh, how have some companies survived the fall and then come back uh, in due course after having learned from their mistakes one of them that you write about is simply learn so see the likes of simply learn and vedantu they are in great shape they are doing great business right now but but you know if you look at their journey both had an offline route and when they started moving online back in the days when online was not as ubiquitous as it was today it is today the businesses took a fall say for instance uh, simply learn you know when they moved online they lost about a fourth of their business which was a big fall as we had mentioned in the story what was supposed to be their boon became their biggest bane but thing is that online was evolving as a medium back then the likes of vedant or simply learn they they had to bide their time and and they do, did a great job at biding their time uh, you know building the product you know accentuating the services uh, and and they are back in form now right and uh, when it comes to online as a medium it is not just replicating a recorded lecture offline and bringing it to the internet it's far more than that so what are some of the innovations or tricks of the trade in this industry so these guys are going great guns on that front also vamsi krishna of vedantu mentioned a couple of things that they are doing like they go as deep as tracking facial expression of students so that if the student is actually dozing off during the class or you know they they measure keystrokes to ensure like how fast the students are responding and stuff like that is something which might happen offline as well but scrutiny to this extent uh, possibly not in a class of 50 70 100 people but online kind of lets you do that and and that is where the power of technology lies i think the uh, after having measured those keystrokes or the facial expressions what you do with that data is what would separate you know, better companies exactly exactly precisely so i'm sure they do analyze the data send reports to parents because in education the consumer and the customer are different students consume parents pay the feedbacks are shared with parents or even students personalization also happens that way like you know they have data for each student you know if somebody is for instance dozing off maybe they will prod the student to be more engaging on the platform to engage more on the platform maybe you know serve them up a few more questions and the others things like that possibly unlike e-commerce firms which none of them are yet to make money 
uh, and it's a different ball game altogether not to not to say that i'm comparing apples with oranges but in this case given that it's an online uh, field how soon before some of them start making a profit or has it already started happening with the kind of uh, players that you've interviewed profits i'm not sure if they're around the corner of which because still they're investing adding people producing their content and stuff like that and this is this is a very nascent field right now the market is nowhere close to saturation is it a price competitive market uh, shayan or, or would education be be an exception given that you know parents would want their kids to do well so might as well spend a little bit more and experiment with an online tutorial or a or a company like byju's or simply learn and pay a premium or do you see that even much like buying anything in india or anything online uh, courses are uh, price competitive how does it work it is price competitive the problem with many of these companies uh, are they are still seen as a supplemental education like you know you take you know offline tutorials and then maybe some some teacher is available online who teaches well and then you take his classes online or her classes online as, as vamsi of uh, vedantu and even gorav munjal of uh, unacademy said in the story the biggest challenge is to replace offline so so that is how they want to position themselves once that happens it's all fine but the way things are right now like if you look at e-commerce or say takes this online grocery for example somebody is buying tur dal online and uh, they can buy masoor dal offline but they're not buying two packets of tur dal like one offline and one online here in education you are pretty much buying the same product like you know you you pay for a tuition match tuition offline you pay for a match tuition online as well vinod murli of uh, alteria capital made a very good point the prices are such because there is a market which can afford it right now but that market will soon saturate and then they have to rethink their prices do you see investors staying in it for the long run now, although there is a big opportunity you say it will still be some time before money can be made so will there be like in e-commerce you have uh, one or two companies at the most who rule the roost how will it be in edtech the way it has panned out right now is there has been breakaways and the only breakaway in edtech has been byju so far but when it comes to investors like look at a few businesses like unacademy or doubtnut unacademy was a completely free free platform for the first 3 years doubt not doesn't make any money but still they have raised good amount of capital because of the usage and the hope here is like you know if users start engaging on a platform there are ways to monetize so that narrative has changed so online education has kind of broken that glass ceiling if i may call it when it comes to investor interest but yes uh, monetization will take time and investors need to be patient whether they will be or not or for how long only time will tell all right great thank you very much ayan for your time on this podcast a lot of issue thanks and um, all you listeners uh, you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on itunes and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription message forbes to 51818